0: Welcome to Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. Truth Matters believes in the words in Acts 2.47 that proclaim, The Lord adds to His church daily, such as should be saved. We believe in the great commission Christ gave before returning to the Father, and we obey His command in Matthew 28.19 to go and make disciples of all men. Now join us as Pastor Terry Ames gives today's message.
1: I hear so many times when there's calamities in this world and things happen to people. What kind of God is this that you worship? All these bad things happening all the time. What kind of God would let people go to hell? What kind of God would, would punish people? What kind of God would allow this thing to happen? Earthquakes, famine, tsunamis. What kind of God, we get asked all the time. This morning, I'm going to tell you what type of God he he is. He is a God that loves you enough and so completely that he would send his only begotten son to this earth and let him take human form to be the sacrifice for our sins. He loves you enough that he says, I want you to spend eternity with me. I want you to spend heaven with me. I want you to be with me forever. That is the type of God that he is. But he didn't just show up one day. He didn't just show up 2,000 years ago. Since the fall in the Garden of Eden, He has been prophesied and proclaimed. And this morning our text is going to come, I'm going to read the entire chapter of Isaiah 53 to you. Why is that important? It's one of the greatest prophecies of Christ coming. It is also a chapter, whether you know it or not, is banned by the rabbis. For their people to read. It is the banned book of the Torah, the banned chapter. I believe it's banned by them because they see the truth that Christ did come two thousand years ago. There's no temple to be remade. It's already happened. The Christ has already did the sacrifice. No more sacrifices need to be made. But let's read what it says in Isaiah 53. We call it the Suffering Christ chapter. And it starts, it says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him, He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he bore, he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. The uh, King James Version says, you hear it many times, by his stripes, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. He did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers. He did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due, his grave was assigned with wicked men. Yet he was with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand as a result of the anguish of his soul. and interceded for the transgressors. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we celebrate your risen Son this morning. Jesus, as we look towards you as our cornerstone, as the light that is shining as the one that hung on that cross but is now ascended into heaven, the job is finished, Lord. You have given it over to us to preach and to teach and to bring your word. Dear Lord, let nothing come out of me that is not from you. Dear Lord, put your Holy Spirit upon this message this day. Open hearts to receive this message of joy. And Lord, let us remember what kind of God you are in this message today. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray. Amen. What kind of God is this? We just read it. He is a God that knows you're a sinner. But loves you anyway and wants you to have fellowship with him. But there are conditions. His grace is free. His mercy is free, but it's only free because he paid the price. But he does require to do you one thing. It's not universal. It's to come to him. It's to come to him, repent of your sins and say, yes, your Lord, I believe. So what kind of God is this? Well, 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. This God that I serve says, yes, calamities are going to happen. You live in a sinful and fallen world. Things are going to happen. You're going to go through trials, and you're going to go through tribulations. There's going to be times I'm going to bless you, but sometimes the biggest blessings come through after and through your trials and tribulations. So he says, why? I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to wait, but you've got to make a decision. Don't fall for the thing that God only chooses some people, and he doesn't choose others. Now he knows who's going to be saved because he knows everything. But it's still your decision. It's your decision. He didn't make you a robot. He did not make you a robot. My God says that I will be patient towards you and I don't want you to perish. So what did I do? I sent my only begotten son so you didn't have to for that sacrifice. Because if not, it would be you hanging on that cross. It would be you punished for your sins. Was well, John three sixteen says? My God says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Everyone. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, red, purple, green. Doesn't matter if you're Jewish. It doesn't matter if you're Gentile. It doesn't matter if you're Greek. It doesn't matter if you're you're African. If it doesn't matter if you're. It doesn't matter. He's not a respecter of person. See, I don't care what they're trying to teach now. They're trying to separate the races again, with is seg- segregation. We're all one race. We're the human race. Why is it that we want to try to separate ourselves with the melatonin count in our body? Probably said it wrong. It's melatonin. That's what puts you to sleep. But anyway, yeah, the pigment. That's the devil, folks. That's the devil working every day. We have to, We have to rise above it. And look at each other as somebody that comes from God. And that everyone has a chance to be saved. If we just open our hearts to him. And we have to keep planting the seeds. We can't just give up and say, oh, this sinful world. all oh, the devil's running wild. Oh, I'm afraid to go out. No. We have to continue what it is that Christ gave us to do. That is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. What kind of God is this? 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says, By this the love of God was revealed in us, that God has sent His only Son into the world, that we may live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That means to be the stand-in for our sins. See, nobody loves God at first. I, I, people can say, nobody loves God at first. People that, about 90% 90 of your Christians would tell you, I never thought about God except occasionally. I I really didn't care. It wasn't nothing on my radar. It wasn't wasn't anything I thought of. But he thought about you all the time. And he was there the whole time. But when we come to know Jesus and come to to love Jesus, we come to, to love and understand who God is and the Holy Spirit is, the triune God, it is an amazing thing that happens to your heart. It is a total, it's almost like a reconstruction. It's like the Holy Spirit gets in there and just starts rearranging stuff, and he throws out the bad stuff and starts putting in the good stuff. Now, does it happen overnight? No. I won't tell you. Some people it does. And some people got so much luggage, baggage in their life, that he knows that it's going to take, slow sifting to get that out for you not to faint along the way. Sometimes he lets you continue on in just something a little longer that may not be good for you. But when he says it's time to put it up, it's time to put it up. For me, that was smoking For somebody else it could be something else because he's always got a reason. But slowly and surely, he will continue cleaning you up. That's just the way God works. That's the kind of God I serve. It's not, God is a God of wrath, yes. God is a God of judgment, yes. I believe we're seeing some of that wrath and some of that judgments in this country right now. But here's something else. God is a God of love and he would not have sent his son. And we are to turn to Jesus. We are to turn to Jesus. Nobody can go to the Father but through me, Jesus said. It's the kind of God I serve. See, his son, Jesus, God made flesh at the miracle of his birth. Jesus was God made flesh. I know people don't understand that. And sometimes, we're not going to understand everything until we get to heaven. The Bible says there are things that are mysteries. But I will tell you true. God was made flesh through Jesus Christ. And he now finishes that mission of love for us by his death, burial, and what we celebrate today is the resurrection. See, too many of us focus on that cross. Too many of us focus on him hanging on a cross and put in a tomb. It seems like some only focus on the death and burial. But there's a resurrection. That is the greatest miracle in history right there. That is what is trying to be glossed over today with pagan stuff and things that doesn't count. And and every year it's more and more and more. And, and the true message of this day is less and less and less. That's the devil. Well, we should be talking more about the resurrection. But we seem to focus on that cross. See, when, when Mr. Webb, and he passed away now, I asked him to make them crosses for the church to put up there. I told him absolutely there was no Christ to hang on it, as some churches do. Christ is no longer on that cross. And Christ is no longer in that tomb. Christ was risen again. He's the first of the resurrection. He's showing the way, folks. He's showing exactly. He's the example of what will happen to us. We will die. We will be buried. But then we will rise again in his glorious day. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's our spirit. You read that in the Bible. But the bodily resurrection is yet to come. The bodily resurrection is yet to come. And the Bible tells you plainly about that, too. And talking about the resurrection in Romans 4.25. 25, he says, He who was delivered over because of our wrongdoings was raised because of our justification. He had to be raised. You hear people say, Well, Jesus sinned. No, he didn't. Jesus had to be an unblemished lamb. Jesus could not have ever sinned. One sin, one stolen cookie when he was a child. One off-color joke. One word, one lustful thought. And Jesus would have sinned. And could not have been that sacrifice on that cross. It had to be an unblemished lamb. So Jesus had to go to the cross as an unblemished lamb. And because he did, then he was raised and the dead, as the first of the resurrection. You say, but I've sinned. Of course you've sinned. And you probably continue on even after you've become a Christian. Somewhere along the line, you're going to sin. Usually, most Christians, they lose their anger about something and maybe a word will slip out or, or they'll have a bad thought or something. But you know what? Christ always says, I'm here. He's faithful to forgive us of any sin. You just turn right back to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. And he's just to do it. You're going to learn along the way. Not ever, There's very few people in schools that go through their entire life in school from first grade all the way through 12th grade and make a 100 on every test that comes along. And neither will you. But that test is to show you what you don't know and where your weaknesses are. That test, just like when Lisa gives a test, it's not so much about what you know, it's what you don't know or where your weaknesses are so you can help improve upon that. So when you get a trial and you, you do make a mistake or you do slip and you maybe say that bad word or something, you get mad at somebody and anger. or you just want to punch somebody in the nose. I know, I've been there. You have to remember, Lord, forgive me for being so angry. Forgive me for that thought because I failed that test, but next time maybe I'll pass that test maybe i'll get a right check mark on there instead of an x see that if you look at it that way that's exactly what god is doing and when he does that let me tell you something if you get you're christian and you get put through trials and tribulations and you go what kind of god is this doing this to me it's a loving god and if you get chastised about something doesn't every parent that loves their child chastise them at some time. They don't want to stick their hands on a hot stove. They don't want to run out in the traffic. They don't want, them, don't want to pick up a snake that might bite them. They don't want them to get close to the water because they can't swim. And then what do they do, they the parents have to chastise that child to show them to, not to do it anymore. See, God does that too. Because he loves you. And people say, oh, people's got the wrong idea about love nowadays. Mostly what people call love is just lust. i gonna be honest about it. If it didn't, it wouldn't be so much divorce if that, was, that wasn't the case. People nowadays, they get to lusting after each other, so they go get married, and after three or four years, they get to thinking about somebody else, and there you go. I just don't love you no more. That's, it's, you didn't love them to begin with. The hormones were raging. Love is gentle, patient, kind, long-suffering. I love my wife tremendously. And she knows sometimes it's trying because you know I'm getting worn down. I'm starting to get older now, and it's hard for me to be picking up scooters and putting them in the back of the vehicles and, and everything. And I know that everywhere we go, it's going to be a ritual of getting aids, you know, walkers and stuff in and out and helping her do this. And that. but that's okay because I'd rather spend time with her than without her because I love her. That's the way I am with Jesus. I'd rather spend time with Jesus than not. That's why I'm anxious to get back to Wednesday nights because I miss being here with my fellow Christians and Jesus. Well, isn't Jesus everywhere? Of course he's everywhere. But he's still with you when you gather two more together. He's in your presence. 1 Peter 1 3 says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's our hope. That's our hope. And there were eyewitnesses. People said that's a fable. It's not a fable. There's eyewitnesses to his resurrection. Mary Magdalene saw him. The other women saw him. uh, Two disciples saw him on the road to Emmaus. And then 11 disciples saw him. Remember, Judas was gone. Then he appeared to Peter. And he appeared to the disciples when there was ten of them. See, Thomas wasn't there. Remember the story about Thomas? Oh, wow. then to the eleven. Well, that's right. Guess what? Thomas came back. <laughs> Doubting Thomas. He was seen at the Sea of Galilee. He was seen by five hundred brethren. Five hundred brethren beside the disciples. He was seen by 11 disciples at the Sea of Galilee. He was seen to James. A lot of people overlook that one. Sometimes look at and rough. 1 Corinthians 15.7. It's very interesting. James was his brother. A lot of people don't realize that James had a visit from him too. At the time of his ascension, he was seen. And Paul saw him at his conversion. This is the kind of God our Father is. That through his love and grace, he has allowed the sacrifice of Jesus to be the appropriation of our sin. The righteousness of Jesus Christ to be imputed upon us us if we believe in him. Righteousness. That just means that his righteousness, his rightness towards God has been imputed upon you because he died and you accepted him as your Lord and Savior because you're now part of the kingdom and you're now with the king. He has put bestowed that upon you. You give your life to the Lord, you're justified. You hear that term a lot. That just means just as if that sin never happened. God looks at you as being justified and righteous to come before the throne. Without Jesus, you can't. I hear people say all the time, I pray, Lord, I pray, pray to God all the time. He never answers my prayers. Well, have you given me life to Christ? Well, no, there's many ways to heaven. No, there's not. Yeah, no, nope. that's right. You, 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 that's right. That's right, brother. You stick to Christ. Christ is the Savior. That's how. Otherwise, you're just knocking on the bottom of heaven's floor, and it's not, not going through. The first prayer that will open the doors of heaven, is your prayer for Christ to come and be your Savior and you give your life to Him, repent of your sins. After that prayer, the doors open. Until that, rain falls on the just and the unjust. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Remember that. Put that verse in your heart. People say, well, how am I supposed to be saved? Just remember that verse. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Believe in your heart. That means really believe it, not just give it lip service. See, there, you have to say that you have to let people know you love Jesus. Now, you don't beat them over the head with the Bible. But by your actions, your deeds, and your words, people will know that you love Jesus. You just love Jesus. I love my wife. I speak her name quite often. People ask who my wife is, I say who she is. When people ask anything about heaven or the Lord or anything, do you bring up Jesus? Or does the devil kind of put a little funny feel, and you don't want to say nothing because it might get embarrassing. Confess with your mouth. But that ain't the only thing you have to do. See, a lot of people say, oh, you don't have to do anything to be saved. Yes, you do. And believe in your heart. No lip service. Really, truly believe it. And believe that God raised him from the dead. Because that, as Paul said, if there is no resurrection, we preach in vain. If there is no resurrection, this is all a fable. But there was a resurrection. There were witnesses. First Thessalonians 4.14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, also God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. Fallen asleep, those who have died and laid in the grave. When Jesus comes back, when you hear that trumpet this morning, I heard a preacher we was coming in, and he got to the park talking about the resurrection and about Jesus coming back, and suddenly, I guess their sound guy had a recorder of shofars blowing. Well, that's what you're going to hear in heaven. Don't know what a shofar sounds like? Get on the internet, listen to YouTube or something, because that's what it's going to sound like, the trumpets. When they start blowing in heaven, it's too late. It's too late. If you walk out here today and get hit by a bus and you didn't give your life to Christ, it's too late. Now's the time for salvation. 1 Thessalonians 4.14, I just read that. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead also, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. But I'm telling you, there is a warning. There is a warning. Everyone will be resurrected. It's your belief in the true Savior, Jesus Christ, that will determine your eternity. See, Not everybody gets to go, but just because he died on the cross, you have to give your life to Jesus. But everybody's going to get resurrected. So what does that mean? What does that mean when I say everybody's going to be resurrected? We're all going to live forever. It's where you choose to live. Do you choose Jesus and that way be able to come before the Father and live in heaven, or do you choose To reject Jesus, which in case you want to go to hell. That is the two choices you have. There are no middle grounds. There is no purgatory. Nobody can can pray you out of purgatory. John 5, 28 and 29 says, Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life. And those who committed the bad deeds to a resurrection of judgment. We're all going to come out of the grave, folks, if we're in the grave then. If we're not in the grave, we're all going to go up. There is no left behind. It says there is no left behind. You're going to go up you're going to go before the judgment of God. And it's that judgment. It's that, that belief that you had and what you did in your life that's going to account for much. And your belief in Christ is the only thing that's going to save you from the burning fires of hell. Acts 24, 15 says, Having a hope in God, which these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and that wicked. Having a hope in God. How do you have a hope in God? You have a hope in our God through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, people misunderstand the whole thing about Jesus. See, Throughout the Old Testament, people had a hard time relating about God because they couldn't see him. The only people that ever saw him was Moses, and Moses only saw his back. People didn't really see God. The Holy Spirit worked through them. But because mankind can't get through their head anything that they don't see, can't touch, can't feel, can't hear, God in his infinite wisdom became Jesus. And put himself in a body so we could relate, we could touch, we could eat with him, we could hug him, we could talk to him. We could write down his words. And Jesus said, if you want to see the Father, look at me. For mine and my Father are one. That's God. So when you hear people say, Jesus never said he wasn't, was God. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But it's hard for us to understand now because we got the Trinity idea. And the Trinity is true. But it's really hard for us to understand. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus represents the human side of it to a certain extent. He had feelings. He got hungry when he was down here. He got cold. He got tired. He got thirsty. The God side of him didn't, but the the Jesus side did. Jesus is here for us to have a reference to. For us to say, okay. Okay. He suffered everything just like me. And then He went to a cross for my sins and became my sin. Martin Luther said, Our Lord has written the promise of resurrection, not in books alone, but in every leaf of springtime. Look around you. All the pretty forsythia bushes and all the little flowers that pop up. Everything's being renewed, reborn. He's put it right in front of our eyes. God gives you a choice. The resurrection of our Lord and defeat of death gave you that choice. Without His death, burial, and resurrection, you would not have a choice because you could not keep the law. The law that was written by Moses, you couldn't keep it. Jews didn't follow it. and I mean, the Greeks and the Jews couldn't follow it. They still kept messing up. And they would keep adding more and more trying to make it better. He gave you that choice. His defeat of sin gave you that choice. Turn from sin and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because if you reject Him, you face judgment. And that's something none of us want. And none of of our family, we don't want any of our family to face that. We don't want any of our loved ones. We don't want our neighbor, we don't even want our enemies to face that. John Stott said, we live and die, Christ died and lived. Think about that. We live and we die. But then Christ died and lived. And through his life, through his sacrifice, we can live too. You hear people talking about eternal death. It's just going to hell. That's separation from God. That's a death in its own right. Just being separated from God. You're not oblivious. You're aware. You're aware. So don't just think, well, I just... And please don't ever sit there and think, well, I am I just go to hell and have a party and drink some beer with my friends. I hear that stuff all the time. I'm like, no, you won't. It won't be anything down there besides that. You won't have time to think about your friends because your torment is going to be too bad. See, you brought it upon yourself. If you've heard the Word, and you've heard the Word this morning, you brought it upon yourself. If you don't, listen to the words of the Lord. But I'm going to also reiterate, He is a loving God. That's why he sent his son. He loved you enough to do that because he knew what was going to happen. See, heaven was heaven. I mean, hell was not made for man. It was made for the devils and the the demons that turned from God and followed the devil. But because of that and because of our fall now, we're going to have to go there too. And we'll live forever there unless we realize how much God loved us. And how much God says, I'll give you a sacrifice. My son will be that sacrifice. Turn to him. And to me, that's the kind of God he is. Loving, kind, and patient. He waited a long time and put up a lot of junk for me. He waited and was so patient with me that I should be going to hell without Jesus Christ. I know for sure I'm going to hell if it wasn't for Jesus Christ but he was patient. He lets you decide. And I pray you choose wisely. Christ lives so that you may live. Christ lives today so that you may live. And as we close out this Easter, I want to remind you of a fellow that reminds me a lot of myself, and his name is Peter. And Peter seemed like he was always getting in trouble with Jesus. And Peter was always thinking what Peter was, was thinking about was better than what Jesus thought about and that Jesus ought to do what Peter said he ought to do. Until he saw him raised and saw an empty tomb. And that actually was when I believe. No matter what miracles Peter saw, no matter whether he saw him on the cross or not, no matter if all the prophecies came true, Peter denied him, as many do today. But I believe when he saw Jesus risen, for Peter that sealed the deal. Then he finally got it through his thick skull. When I realized what Jesus did for me, it finally got through my thick skull. I pray today that if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord, accept him today. Don't wait. Accept today.
0: This has been Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. You may email us at glasgow1chog at gmail.com or visit us at 1517 Glenview Drive in Glasgow. Join us next time for another insightful and timely message From Truth Matters, I'm Lisa Ames, God bless.